Hope Lives Here is the podcast of City Union Mission in Kansas City. Since 1924, the homeless and impoverished have found hope and healing through this evangelical ministry. This podcast is designed to help you discover City Union Mission's origins, history, programs, and its people, and the mission's love for those who need love most. Enjoy this episode of Hope Lives Here. I'm Chris Michael, and on this episode of Hope Lives Here, the podcast, Dr. Terry Megley is our guest once again, Chief Executive Officer here at City Union Mission. Of course, every man and woman that has ever come to City Union Mission has a story, and it's a story that's unique to them, the circumstances that led to their homelessness. And while each has her own story, what are the similarities that are at the core of homelessness? What are the life events and circumstances that force them into that lifestyle? What are the similarities and differences between men and women as it pertains to homelessness? So on this episode, we'll look at six or seven different areas. And Terry, welcome once again. It's good to be here, Chris. Thank you. Well, let's start with unemployment. That seems like something that would contribute greatly to homelessness, job loss. It does affect the homeless because of the lack of job readiness skills that can contribute to somebody not getting a higher paying position. Uh, and so that, with the the uptick now of the need for employ- employment as well as uh, staffing, uh, we are seeing more of our program men and women getting jobs faster than normal. Now, this seems to be the case around Kansas City that the lack of affordable housing contributes greatly to the homelessness situation here in the city. Yes, Chris, this is a very complex issue that CU Mission has to kind of meander through. But if we go off of what's called the average medium income, and then you take 30% of that here in the local area, then you're landing on a formula that says, where are those affordable units that are 30% below the average medium income? And so just doing some initial research, uh, Chris, landed on that Kansas City is literally short, about 27,000 affordable units in Kansas City, 27,000. So is the city addressing that in some way? Well, they've tried, um, and uh, they're, they're struggling to come up with a permanent solution. One of the challenges is, is that rapid rehousing vouchers are connected to private landlords who only will know that they're going to get paid for the first six months. If a family that's living in that uh, rapid rehousing voucher apartment and they don't get work or unable to continue to pay the rent, then they'll stay and get eventually get evicted. And that becomes even a greater problem, Chris, that we're seeing uh, nearly nine out of 10 of our families coming in at the family center have evictions, which means they have been evicted legally out of an apartment and it's on their housing record. And that's a major problem for us. So not only do we have at least 27,000 units that we're short on, but we're also seeing 9,000 evictions a year just in Kansas City. And these are the individuals that can't get into public housing. Their private landlords are usually don't rent to them. And then they become prey to those predatory landowners on those apartments and houses 
And that's when we see them living in very devastating and squalor-type positions and, and lifestyle. Let's look at some other areas. Would it be safe to say that illness, uh, disability, mental health can be causes of homelessness as well? It does. Uh, they're directly connected, uh, illness and um, uh, disability and mental health. But uh, what we see is the greatest significance is really domestic violence here in Kansas City. Uh, and that has a triple effect uh, through the whole community because a battered woman is going to struggle to leave her home because she lacks the resources to get a, a better job or lacks resources to find housing. And then it becomes very difficult. And then when they have to step out, then they have no other choice other than with family, friends, or they need to come to City Union Mission. For now, I, would, I would imagine that a lot of those women and children are involved as well. And majority of what we're seeing is those that are coming into our family center, probably a quarter of those families have children in foster care. And that was based upon some either abuse or neglect within that domestic violence situation that the, the mom experienced. And so it breaks our heart, but, you know, that's part of what we want to do is we want to provide the, the reunification process for each mom if they desire that. Now, as we continue here, I would imagine those listening have a few areas in their mind right now that they're thinking may cause homelessness as well. We'll touch on some more of those and see if the ones you thought about are ones we're going to talk about here in just a moment. Stick around. Supporting the ministry of City Union Mission is easy. Just go to cityunionmission.org. Inflation is affecting everyone, and City Union Mission is no exception. Not only are our costs rising each month, but our donations are down this year. We are experiencing the greatest inflation rates on key staples like gas, utilities, toilet paper, and trash bags. We remain committed in supporting the needs of men, women, and children in their time of greatest despair. Can we count on you to provide extra support? Visit cityunionmission.org to make a donation today. Now, more of Hope Lives Here from City Union Mission. We're talking with Dr. Terry Megley, Chief Executive Officer at City Union Mission. Let's continue with these. Drugs and alcohol, I would, uh, would imagine, greatly contribute to some people's homelessness. That's true, Chris. They're, they're directly connected, for, especially for mental health and uh, coping with drugs and alcohol. Many of them do that to help them because they don't want to go into a primary provider that will give them a prescription to help them with schizophrenia or depression or general anxiety disorders, they will turn to drugs or alcohol to cope. But what we really do see is the, the, the broken family unit that children are raised in and they are around alcohol and drugs with the, their parents and they start to, to try those out and, and experiment. And so we see even children as young as six taking up smoking and drinking alcohol, and now it just ravages them, and they don't finish high school, and they drop out. And so typically, drug abuse starts before the age of 18, and we see more of it between the ages of 12 and 16. And that's a real problem in the schools today, but 
children are turning towards uh, pain medication and other uh, substance uh, disorders to cope with the family life structure. Now, you mentioned a little bit earlier about domestic violence. I would imagine that relationship issues play greatly into homelessness. You know, I, I have said many times, and homelessness is really a poverty of relationships. The person who we see comes in our door, they lack those supportive and therapeutic and uh, rich relationships. And that's what happens. Somebody has trouble at work and or they have trouble with substance abuse and they lose their job, then eventually lose their apartment, they lose their car, and they become out living on the streets uh, or couch surfing. Uh, we do see that that is a major problem. But what we want to do, Chris, is to say, let's meet them where they're at. What relational skills do you need help with? Is it communication, relationships? Is it setting boundaries? Is it learning to, to uh, communicate expectations? And, and so those are things that we learn to go, once the, the sobriety is in check, then we can start adding some life skill classes to build them up so they can have a healthy lifestyle and healthy relationships. We'll make this a topic some other time about housing first, but what you're talking about, about relations and relationships is way up there as opposed to just housing first. Hey, Chris, I would pose a question. Which has more value to either the taxpayer or the community is somebody who has an addiction and they're placed in a housing situation without addressing their addiction and they're there for a year or somebody that goes through a recovery program and they're clean and sober for a year, which one has more value? Being in a household and still do your addictions or be clean and sober and thinking clearly, then get into housing. I think the answer, you just addressed it right there. That was good. <laughs> I've talked to a number of guys that uh, are in our Christian Life program and some come out of incarceration. I would imagine mm -hmm. uh, they find themselves homeless on occasion. Uh, justice involved is a is a common opportunity for City Union Mission and our men's center uh, and our long-term recovery programs. We do become a home plan, in a sense, for the uh, Department of Corrections for men seeking a place to stay while they continue to work out their parole. And City Mission is one of the, the rarest places in the state of Missouri that's Christian-based, faith-based, that we want to disciple and expose the men to God's Word. And we have seen radical transformation of those men completing their, their parole and being able to live a successful life. So the mission has been here almost 100 years. Now, these trends towards what causes homelessness, are they consistent? Are there new things that are coming in there that are, that are causing homelessness? Well, I think what's happening is there's what we call a syndrome of, of uh, factors. It's not just one single one, but it's, you know, the, the lack of affordable housing has increased. It'll continue to get worse. Eviction rates are still high every year. And so we also have domestic violence is high as well. And so uh, with the struggling economy and people always trying to stretch their dollars, the family issues become very traumatic for people. And so what we're seeing is, is an increase in not only housing insecurity, but food insecurity, but we're seeing a relational insecurity of people that are willing to help others. 
All right, great conversation. We'll have you on again soon. And next time, we're going to be talking with Amanda Green. And she is the administrator with our facility called L Minor Care Center, a special facility, a special facility. You'll find out more about that on our next episode of Hope Lives Here, the podcast. Thanks for listening. Hope Lives Here is the podcast of City Union Mission in Kansas City. Send your comments to Hope Lives Here, the podcast at cityunionmission.org. And find out more by visiting our website at www.cityunionmission.org.